G'day party people, this is your one and only source into the shenanigans of a couple of Sheilas. I'm your host, Emma Henrahan, and along with my trailblazing guests, we'll be sharing all of our juicy stories, our biggest secrets, the what not to do's, the lessons we've learnt, or the mistakes, and too many times we've been baked. Stay tuned, you're listening to Sheilas and Shenanigans. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode five, season two. And today we're talking about a topic that is extremely close to my heart and something that I'm avidly working on at the moment and have been for a number of years now. I was definitely haven't been getting it right though. So since meeting the wonderful guru that you're going to meet today, I have been able to embody so many beautiful practices and I can't wait to share them with you. But interdependence is basically the solution in between the codependence that we've all grown up with. We've all had it at some point in our lives. We quite literally needed to have it at some point in our lives because we were babies and we needed to rely on somebody to feed us and fend for us. And so we have naturally been conditioned to have codependent traits, no matter who we are in the world. And then I sort of thought the solution to that, and I suppose a lot of people have, was radical independence, which I too am figuring out is not the solution and can be quite a lonely, distrusting place, which you'll hear more about. So for us, interdependence just isn't something that we need in intimate relationships, but it's something that we need in all relationships, whether it's a relationship with the world, a community, family, friends. We all need to eat food and drink water and have connection in order to survive. So this topic is for everybody. And it's everything that I had wished I'd learned when I was 15 years old. Like I cannot imagine if I'd learned these practices and been able to apply them, how much different my life would have been. And I said this to this person as soon as I met her, I was like, wow, this is so empowering. And it is. These practices and her wisdom have truly helped me and empowered me to embody better boundaries, greater intimacy, more conscious connection, and how to learn to receive pleasure without feeling guilty. Plus, it's also obviously helped me overcome the crazy, wild, extreme codependency that I was suffering from and many radically independent traits that I had leaned into in order to survive that codependency. So without further ado, I introduce to you someone who has gifted me with so many beautiful beautiful lessons in this world and I am so unbelievably grateful. So welcome to Kate Alderman. Thanks, Em. I'm just so pleased to be with here with you. Yeah, what, what an honour. Thank you. Oh, it's, an, it's an absolute honour for me, especially given the amount that I've learnt from you and been able to apply to my life in real time this year. So without further ado, would you please tell everybody what you do for your work? Okay, cool. So I'm a somatic sexologist and a sexological body worker. I'm also an intimacy and relationships coach. So I deliver empowering education and somatic learning to individuals, couples, and I facilitate workshops for groups of people. So I work with clients both online and in person. So this is incredibly liberating work that bridges the gap between spirituality and science. So you experience holistic and embodied healing to thrive in love pleasure relationships and life (laughs) amazing yeah I've definitely experienced that I love how you say that you bridge the gap because that's exactly what it is like you've given me 
so many practices and so much structure that can be applied for me to dive deeper into my emotional state. Mm. And it's just, yeah, it's been so empowering to just learn boundaries from you and to learn my yeses and nos. And that was one of the first exercises I ever did with you was you were making people say yes when the answers would really mean no. And um, yeah, I'd just love for you to like run through that either that practice with me or just explain a little bit more because I feel like that literally got me in touch with like my dharma or like what do you say like (laughs) like my the core of me and I I've never had that before and I remember that evening after that afternoon actually after the morning we'd spent together doing that exercise on the beach I was able to just like cry from like the core of me just like let out emotions that I'd never been able to reach before yeah, I mean, this has been incredibly empowering work for me too and this is why I love it and why I'm so passionate about it. You know, life guided me to this path for my own embodied healing. and Just naturally I want to share that with other people. So there was a huge part of my learning was coming back into body integrity, I call it, is when we start really honouring the truth of our yes and our no and feeling into the body and, and saying what the body really feels, you know. So we tune into the, the minds of the body. Of the, you can imagine the, there's four minds in the body. So that the genitals have a mind, the gut has a mind, the heart has a mind, and obviously the brain has a mind. So it's very clear when our genitals are a yes, we either feel aroused or we're not feeling aroused. So there's a yes or a no there. And then if we tune into our gut, sometimes we feel like the nervous butterflies about something. There's a little bit of excitement, a little bit of anxiety at the same time. We get a bit of a butterfly feeling in the stomach. Sometimes we feel sick in the stomach, you know. So when we feel sick, like we're going to vomit or like, oh, no, that's, that's, that's a clear no. But that kind of that butterflies, that nervous excitement, that can be guiding us towards a yes. And then obviously when we tune into the heart, the heart either feels open like it was moving towards something or it feels contracted like it's moving away like oh no I don't want to do that you know and then obviously the brain mind which is what most people operate by and navigate Mm. life through and there's a whole tribe of people up there telling us what to do (laughs) and what not to do and then when we do what we do we usually judge ourselves or shame ourselves for it and tell ourselves that we should have done it a different way right so I think it's much more I find it's much more easier to come back into feeling into the entire body and feeling into where is my yes and where is my no and following the body's truth you know so that's that exercise that you experienced that day on the beach was the saying you know the the example of you know your partner's asking you uh, making requests or invitations like things like can I give you a hundred dollars and you say no how that feels in the body <laughs> or when when somebody says you know can I poke you in the eye and you say no how that feels in the body when you're in your truth. Of course, you wouldn't want somebody to poke you in the eye. But what happens when somebody says, can I poke you in the eye? And you say, yes. And how does that feel in the body? Like it, we have a very different reaction when in the body, it feels very different when we're aligned and when we're not aligned with what's coming out of our mouth. So sometimes there is a maybe, right? So if someone makes a request or an invitation and we're not quite sure, we need some more information before we can choose to become a yes or a no. So maybe is a no until we get that information to either become a yes or a no. Yeah, that's so powerful. I tried it. I've been trying it with people (laughs) recently as well. So I tried it with my little cousin yesterday. And it's interesting what you say about the stomach. She literally felt sick after it. Perfectly (laughs) fine. But then I started making her say yes to things that she 100% would say no to. And her body was like making her feel sick. And mm-hmm. so it was just so instant and physical. And I'm like, wow, it's like our body is just, it, it is talking to us. It is with us the whole time. But throughout, as you say, the, our conditioning, 
we learn to abandon ourselves. Totally. Yeah, yeah. and that like, and I want to talk more to you because you're a big advocate for the people pleasing and the consequences that do come mm-hmm. from people pleasing. But I guess like. For us, like we've learned to fawn at such an early age, like we learned to fawn in order to survive. We had to live with our families and if we didn't fawn, we were fearful that we weren't going to get fed. And so it's just so ingrained into us. We also, I feel like we also fawned at school and if you didn't, I didn't, you were punished. So for me, whenever I don't feel like I can fawn or I have to speak up for myself, I feel like I'm going to get punished. That's my narrative. But yeah, I wanted you you to share more about people pleasing and those consequences that we're all fearful of. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's there's people in our life that we're very comfortable with saying yes and no to at the right times and really honouring our truth. But there's certain people that we struggle with, you know, and it does come from an upbringing of um, being punished for being emotional and being shamed for having needs, Mm. you know. So, um, we start, this is, you know, kind of that codependent world and we start to work out that's not, that doesn't feel so good in our bodies. So we become fiercely independent and then we stuff down our needs and stuff down our emotions and we start, well, I'm just going to take care of myself, you know. So it's, it's, it's a very challenging thing to, to start to come out of, you know, and when we move into a space of fierce independence and then coming back into a, yes, I can be sovereign and yes, I can be independent, but how do I stay attuned to the needs of the other people around me at the same time? You know, so it's kind of backing it off a little bit because it's, it's, it's important and it's essential that we have emotions and it's essential that we have needs. You know, so we've really got to stop celebrating ourselves for not having needs and not being emotional because you know, that's a very disconnected way to live and it's just, it's, not, it's just essential to have those things, right? But what we need to do is to be able to express them to our partners or to the, the people around us what they are. Yeah, exactly. And being able to like speak up for those needs, but then it's so difficult. Like I know we were talking about this before, but being needy is just so shamed and Mm -hmm. especially in a relationship, no one wants to the other partner to be needy in the way like it's just like it's can bring on those ick feelings but then we're allowed to also have needs like we actually should have needs. So it's like finding that middle ground, I feel, especially in my age group when it's like, getting into a relationship I mean it's probably all age groups but like now it's just been so shamed that I'm like how I'm still learning how to navigate that and you explain Mm -hmm. it so well like when you someone it speaks up for their needs like can you give me an example of how empowering that is to the relationship yeah, well, it's absolutely essential. Once once both people get clear on what their best interests are and what their needs are, and then they share that with the other person, you're actually then relying on the other person to to um, capitalize on your best interests and your needs. So you're coming from a happy space. You're already happy, like within yourself and in your own life, and then that other person and your connection with them makes you happier. So it's not coming from a, 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 you know, a broken space and you're needing this other person to make you whole and complete. You're actually coming from a really full place, like my life is great, I'm really happy, but you make me happier, that's fantastic, you know. And you get to make them happier as well. And that comes through that, you know, when getting pleasure out of taking care of somebody else's best interests or their needs, you know. So it might be, you know, an example of the need might be, I need reassurance sometimes in this relationship where I like to feel, you know, I love when you contain me, when you provide that healthy ownership, um, you know, I like to feel, you know, that I can trust you, (laughs) that sort of thing, that there might be needs, right, or, you know, best interests. And when that other person provides that for you, they feel great because they're providing that for you. 
and and not because you're coming from that happy space already you're okay but that person is making you happier so that gives them confidence it makes you feel great and confident in the relationship so it just takes you into this really high vibrational space with each other that's moved from happy to to happier because you can take caretaking that for each other and capitalizing on that you know just like wow how good i just made my partner feel great i feel great now too you know so it, it benefits both people yeah and i don't think there's anything more exciting or thrilling than when you know you've taken care of your partner and their needs like being that providing that space and the confidence i suppose in the feminine and i want to get into this a little bit more now but it's just like so empowering for me when i know that i've like provided for my partner and they're a better version of themselves because of it but at the same time i'm like found recently that if I don't know their needs, I'm making assumptions about their needs. And yeah. then and that doesn't turn out well because it can come across as like either mothering or, you know, it's just like uh, just smothering really in so many ways. And it might not be even anything they want. It might be what they don't want when I'm mm-hmm. making assumptions instead of just knowing what they are clearly. But um, I feel like coming from like a codependent space and then going from radical independence, so that's sort of how I survived codependence, mm. finding that middle ground where it's interdependence has mm. uh, is a journey that I'm on right now. And, um, yeah, it's, it's powerful, but it's also like <laughs> I used to explain it in such a beautiful way. Like what is interdependence to you? Like how does that look? Because my little cousin, she said, was, she's like, what is interdependence? I asked her. I'm like, what questions do you want for this um, podcast? And, she, and I'm like, oh, it's basically like you're not codependent. You don't have needs from somebody else, but then you also are not being radically independent, but then you want someone else to provide for your needs as well. And then they're like, so impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's impossible. And I was like, eh, well said. Yeah. I was like, loving a laugh. Yeah. But yeah, could you explain what that interdependence looks like? Okay. So it is, you're capitalizing on each other, you know? So it is, it's kind of, it is independence. Yes. Like it's not, we usually start out life codependent and then we become fiercely independent and then we like we get some sense of like you know we connect with a, a new partner like oh my god i'm sensing codependency so we push them away and we come back into that avoidance sort of interdependent space but we're really lonely at the same time so we want to connect but we don't know how to without becoming enmeshed and codependent with them so what it requires is to still use those skills that you've gained from becoming independent, but then just kind of softening and coming back and learning how to attune into the other person at the same time. So you're, you're looking after yourself, but at the same time you're feeling out for what they're also needing at the same time. So, so it's like communication is just absolutely essential. And another part of it is um, really being comfortable or getting more comfortable with vulnerable communication like sharing your fears with somebody, you know, that, that is part of becoming interdependent. Like this is what I'm scared of. And that you're going to know and trust that that person is not going to use that fear that you've just vulnerably shared with them as a weapon against you to minimize you, you know. And so it's a lot, there's a lot of trust that is needed in these relationships and a lot of communication and the vulnerable communication around it. Yeah, so it's a lot about being sovereign having the agency and independence, but just synergizing with your external environment and the people, the person that you're connecting with in that relationship with, that's interdependence. So you're connecting to your truest self through that person, but you're not being attached to a future with them at the same time. So there's a lot of freedom in that, but there's also a lot of like just synergizing with each other as well. 
attuning to each other and and yeah communication is an absolutely essential part of that yeah yeah I find that you talk about the attachment to not the future and I'm intrigued because I feel like this is a big thing that that has been perceived as makes the feminines feel safe like we live in a world where if you aren't married to someone after dating them for 10 years people are like what's wrong with you like mm. people always have this like, well, what's going on there? Like they're intrigued. And so we're all like, there's almost like women feel really secure if they've got a ring on their finger or things like that. Mm-hmm. So like how in that interdependence do you remove yourself from the attachment when we've been conditioned to think that we need attachment to future? Mm. Well, it's, I think there's, there's, there's a both there, right? So because we do want to feel like we're going to be in this relationship for, for a very long time with this person. But the more that we are attached to that and we cling on to that and maybe even self-abandon our own needs to stay in that relationship, like that's not a really healthy way to live, you know. So some relationships, you know, they last a lifetime, yes. And some are here for only maybe five, ten years, you know. As long as both people are growing in that experience, growing together, then, you know, that, that's the most important thing. But if, if there comes a time where it's just like we're no longer growing with each other, your life, you're following your heart that way and my heart's going this way, it's going to be an absolute enthusiastic yes for both people to actually separate. Yeah. You know, like that's a really healthy way to connect with each other. But then, you know, okay, well, this relationship just served its lifetime now. Like it's, it's, it's complete. Like every, there's a birth and a death of everything. You know, either that person dies or you die and that's going to end the relationship or the end, you end the relationship while you are still together. You know, so as long as it's serving both people, then you're going to stay together. As long as you're both still thriving – you know, but if one person's not thriving, then usually the other person's not either, you know. And as I think the biggest uh, takeaway from this is that I guess that I've used in my own life is that you just got to follow your heart, you know. And as long as you're following your heart and you're trusting that the other person is, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like we can't be attached to, to whatever that is, you know. A heart might lead us somewhere else and into a relationship with somebody new, you know, after, after years of having a beautiful relationship with somebody else. But it might not. It might be with that person forever. You know, it might stand like right through the test of the time till death do us part, like which is what marriage is all about, <laughs> you know. But I think it's just rather than till death do us part, till this no longer serves us is the better way to, um, yeah. to be thinking about relationships, you know. And do you have couples who come to you and they – you know, they want to work through things and you're giving them that structure? Like what happens when people come to you and they believe that maybe they're not serving each other anymore uh, but their hearts are still in it, like their hearts are still open, they want to be there? Yeah, yeah. I mean it's different. When I'm working with couples, there's so many different things that they come come to me for. Um, A lot of the time, well, most times when I work with people, like the relationship is still thriving. There's just something missing. You know, they love and appreciate each other, but there's something missing, you know. And and often what I find is missing when I'm working with couples, particularly in sexless relationships, is what's missing is desire, you know. So they both love and appreciate each other and they go to a lot of effort to show that to each other. But because of the relationship maturity, the time has gone on, people become stressed and caught up in their own lives and whatever, they start to forget that that feeling of desired or having your partner desire you or you desiring your partner is absolutely essential for an intimate relationship to continue thriving. You know, so most people will like stuff that need down, like, oh, I don't want to be needy. 
to to be asking for this person to connect with intimately that's needy if I'm wanting to have that all the time so they won't express that need that best interest <laughs> and and they'll stuff it down and and usually what happens is when the des- not when we're not feeling desired by our partner which is an essential part of an intimate relationship because like when we look at relationships of you know when we're in a you know relationship with friends or family they love and appreciate us they don't desire us. The yeah. person that desires yeah. us is our partner, right? Yeah. And so when that's not there, we're not feeling desired by our partner. And maybe there's somebody out, an external person from outside of the relationship that starts desiring us. It's very easy to go and, you know, oh, okay, well, my partner's not desiring me. Little do they know that I need that because I don't want to express my need and be all needy, <laughs> you know. So then I go outside and, and I connect with somebody else outside of the relationship and have that need met of feeling, oh, wow, this person's desiring me. This is amazing. And this is where infidelity happens, you know, because one person is not getting that need met. I mean, they haven't expressed it usually. So, I mean, I, th- I think I'm just highlighting the importance here of having feeling desired in relationship is absolutely essential. It is not needy, <laughs> you know. Well, it is a need, but most people, it's this word needy that people, oh, I'm not needy. Well, what is that? What do they like, mean these days? We, we do have needs yeah. and we do have best interests and it's essential to have those and it's even more important to share them with your partner. Yeah. So that they can capitalise on taking care of those for you, you know, and then you for theirs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we have really shamed the word needy so much so that I'm like, I don't want to have needs. I don't want to be needy. And it's all in the same sentence now. And then it's like you just constantly start abandoning yourself throughout that process. Yes. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like you touch base so much on infidelity. Like I feel like we live in a world where you're just like it's a right and wrong. Mm. You did that, so you're the worst person ever. Like I've cheated. Yeah. I know that it absolutely killed me in the re- like in consequence of that in regards to like my guilt and things that came up. However, I'm like I do. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to hear that there's actually a reason that people do. I guess do go down that path, and it's because we need to feel desired. Like if I'm not feeling desired by the one person I'm allowed to touch, <laughs> that's fucking awkward. Like where I'm, I can't have this with anyone else in the world. Only you. You're the only singular person, and you don't want that from me, or you're not, you know, pursuing me. I like to feel pursued. Then it's like that's gonna be for, that's just gonna create so much frustration in my body. And then when if I'm gonna get that from an outside source, of course it's gonna light me up. Like, because yes. that's the one thing that I require within this relationship that they need to give me. Yes. Because I can't get that need fulfilled by anybody else, as you said, your family and friends. You don't want it mm-hmm. from them. So, yeah, I find that so powerful. And you're the best thing which I've applied, I applied it this morning, um, is the practice and the structure you came up with in giving. Uh, taking and receiving and allowing Mm -hmm. and it is very powerful can speak from experience now and when you did say it when we did that conscious connecting uh workshop with john t and i am human it was i was so intrigued by it and it was pretty funny because i got a slap in the face in that moment because john t had said previously is like why don't we do half an hour of massage i give you a massage and half an hour you give me a massage and i was like you're trying to put structure around something that's like should just be flowy and I like shamed him for bringing that up so I take full responsibility and then you said it and he just looked at me and I'm like I take full responsibility for the fact that this is exactly what's needed and after applying it this morning it is so powerful so could you run me through and explain to any listeners what that is because you guys need to try this at home 
Absolutely. Okay. So usually when we first get into a relationship with somebody, like we're desiring each other all the time, like sex is happening very frequently and quite regularly because we just can't get enough of each other, right? So we're in flow, we're in the natural sync with each other. So that flow is like a feminine state. It's very natural, it's very effortless. But as the relationship matures, both, you know, one or both people start, there's stresses of life that start to come up. And then that, that natural desire for each other is no longer like super important. And it starts to become a bit of a struggle and it's not in flow anymore. So when that natural feminine, that flow state isn't there, we need to come back to structure and ritual, which is a more masculine way to live, right? In the same way that, you know, when we go to the gym, sometimes we have motivation and we do that. Great, you know, but when motivation's not there, we come back to discipline and that's how we get the results and achieve mm-hmm. that thriving body and health that we want, right? Yeah. We need to rely on both motivation and when it's not there, discipline. So mm-hmm. it's the same with intimacy. So when the motivation, the desire, that natural you know, flow between each other is not there, you come back to the structure and the ritual. So how this looks and how you guys have explored it is the practice of giving, receiving and then taking and allowing. So one person's the giver and the other person's the receiver and this is all focused on the receiver's body. So the receiver's asking for what, how they want to be touched. Like, oh, my jaw is tense. Can you just get your hands in there right now? And this is the sort of touch. This is the pressure. Oh, yeah, that feels great. You know, and like giving feedback. What do I actually need? So you ex- ex- explore it as the giving, receiving for maybe 15 minutes. And then you switch roles. The receiver becomes the giver. The giver becomes the receiver. Another 15 minutes. And it's constantly taking care of the receiver's body. The receiver's using that uh, experience to practice self-indulgence and, and just like really expressing their needs and desires. It's not about laying down and having somebody do use their intuition to give you some magic, you know, like it's actually, you know, what does your body need? Does it need an earth touch, a water touch, an air touch, a lighter touch, or maybe fire, some scratching or some slapping, you know, so we can use these types of elements to, to describe what we need and where. And so once we've finished that giving and receiving and then receiving and giving there's half an hour done and then we shift into taking and allowing so one person's the taker and the other person's the allower so obviously you need to get clear on what your boundaries are you know there might be types of touch that you don't like or places of the body that you don't want touched at that particular time so you kind of get clear on what that is with each other you set that all out you might even want to have some safe words just in <laughs> case it's going to be i'm really not enjoying this right now so you can use maybe traffic lights like Red means stop, not having, not enjoying this at all. Uh, orange is kind of pause, just hang on, we need to communicate before we continue. And then green is obviously having, like having a great time, you know. Yeah. So, and then you just allow, as the allower, the taker to use your body for their pleasure. You know, you've got your safe words, you're armed, you can, and if you're not enjoying it, you can just say red <laughs> or you, you can, can pause or at any time. So as you can still in, you know, still in control of what's going on. You've given consent to this experience. The person knows what you're open to receiving and not, and you can use your safe words to stop them whenever you need to. So you just allow them to use your body <laughs> for their pleasure. And then you switch the roles after the 15 minutes. So the allower becomes the taker, the taker becomes the allower. So the, the energy exchange that happens and that, that dynamic between the taking and allowing is just a, it's, it's a much deeper level of relaxation that becomes available. So if somebody's giving you a massage, like it feels nice, but you know that that person's going to some effort Mm. to take care of your body's needs. So you know that they're not in their fullest joy. You know, they're doing it for you. So it might feel relaxing, but when somebody, when you switch to taking and allowing, if somebody's taking from your body for their own pleasure, Mm. 
because mm. they're in their highest state of joy. This is for me. And as the allower, you're just happen to you're just happening to enjoy whatever that person is doing to like, wow, this this is how this person would like to use my body for their pleasure. Oh my God, this feels amazing. You know, so the level of relaxation and pleasure that becomes available for the allower in that experience is just so much deeper than it is for them as the receiver of a massage, you know. Yeah. So it's just like so yeah, it's it's a much deeper connection and the the hormone exchange that happens in that in that experience, like female bodies get a huge boost of estrogen when they are in that allowing space and a male body will get a huge boost of testosterone. So testosterone comes from um, when we give with an agenda. So we do something with an agenda. So when we when we go to work <laughs> We doing something with agenda. We get, you know, we're expecting to get paid for that, you know. And another, when we go to the gym, we expecting rewards. <laughs> we're expecting a reward from that, yeah. from the effort that we put in. And then progesterone, obviously, it's a female hormone, but it's also in the male body as well. Same as testosterone is also in a female body, but progesterone is produced when we receive. So when we when we give <laughs> without an agenda. So often mm. this is as you know the nurturing ways that we have, like for a you know, for our partner, for our, you know, siblings, children maybe, you know, mm. there's that giving without agenda. There's so many giving examples. Giving without expectation. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, not wanting anything in return, yeah. just giving from a pure generosity, you know. And then the estrogen we produce when we receive without guilt. So it has to be without guilt, not just receiving but without guilt. So that really becomes available when we're in that allowing space and a partner is taking from us because we know they're in their fullest joy and we just happen to be enjoying that at the same time. So we've got no care in the world. So we're completely receiving without guilt. And I think this is a huge reason why a lot of female bodies, a lot of women are going through um, menopause really early these days is because estrogen is really low. Their stress is high. They're giving too much, doing too much, and they're not allowing themselves to receive without guilt. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And um, I really struggle to receive pleasure like mm-hmm. at all so I feel like it's just like we we've shamed pleasure as well in society so and like you know even rest days anything to do with like pleasure on any level there's like a level of shame or guilt like if you eat something you really like and that's pleasurable mm-hmm. normally there'll be especially if you're a woman some guilt that comes up there so we're not fully receiving yeah and that's really interesting that you say that like I love that and and how much has that played into your have you ever experienced any bodily symptoms when you don't have that equal balance and does that happen with people you said it's happening with menopause which is huge yeah 100% I mean my I mean it was the how I discovered this was like my body I wasn't I didn't have a period for 18 years of my life you know so I I had obviously had normal period of taking you know contraceptive pill up until the age of you know 23 and I went off of that and my period just never came back for multiple different reasons you know so there was eating disorder you know bodybuilding fitness competitions became part of that taking recreational drugs was also part of it there was a lot of stress going on in my life you know a lot of you know becoming a personal trainer and doing a lot of you know training and and um, working a lot giving a lot doing and you know training for myself working all the time but never actually stopping and and actually receiving without guilt you know so there's that real imbalance for me in my body is a huge part of what's actually brought my period back just this year, you know. So I've had about 
four, five months, I think, so of, of periods that have just like, they're all in flow now. And I think a big part of why that has come back, I mean, I am in a relationship again now, which yeah. has been a huge part of actually coming back into that space of just receiving without guilt because I've got this person here that wants me to receive without guilt and it's brought me back into this really feminine space in the way that I interact with him yes and I can step into my masculine at times when he needs me to be there for him Mm -hmm. but for most of the time like the way my body thrives is when I'm mostly living in that feminine state and not just receiving all the time like yes I need to work and I go to the gym and I like to work out but it's just like really having that balance of hormones in the body and I think when we come back to the practice you know of giving and receiving and taking and allowing for anybody who's listening right now that knows that they are out of balance like to to practice this give and receive take and allow and actually really get that embodied feeling of what these hormones what it's like to have these hormones exchange in the body because when the hormones are in balance we're in a, a high state of health and well-being we're thriving in life like absolutely thriving yeah yeah that's so interesting because I think that like for me, when I was rejecting Jonty's offer for the exact same thing, basically, but yours is very more defined of that, the taking and allowing, which is so powerful. I was a bit like, no, this needs to happen naturally. Like, you know, it's like the motivation thing. Whereas like, that's just not the case. And also with two people who I can speak for myself, even when I was receiving I was thinking of ways that I could like give to him and I'm like oh maybe I'll like you know pay for this or do that you know like I couldn't fully receive because it's a practice and I struggle to receive pleasure that's never been given to me without some type of guilt or shame and so I was like it's such a good practice to even be in that moment and watch myself do that instantly straight afterwards offer something in return because it was like obviously a guilt that came up or like you know I couldn't receive fully so it's so powerful to start with these practices just like you would anything with a PT anything in life and then to apply them and then maybe that will come more naturally years down the track with this partner or whatnot but like I found it so powerful also in this fast-paced society to know that after one hour and only 15 minutes each way that that is such a rapid difference emotionally physically spiritually like it's just it was so powerful to see the way that we we're quite disconnected just we're both tired it's been a big weekend and then connection instantly after like 45 minutes yeah it's, I'm like, it is uh, just okay fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> this is possible yeah. and, it, and it comes down to that masculine structure that you're using in order for the feminine to feel free and flow yeah yeah it really recalibrates both bodies you know when um what what ages somebody in a male body is the lowered testosterone you know, and that, and that usually comes from overworking. <laughs> you know, cortisol starts to rise, testosterone will lower, and then a man will start to age much more rapidly if his testosterone is low and obviously his sex drive is going to be, you know, <laughs> affected by that also. So for a female body, she ages when her estrogen starts to become low and obviously we look at menopause and that is because of low estrogen in the body. So when we keep estrogen as a female, in a female body, if you keep estrogen high, you're going to be looking really radiant and youthful and young for your entire life. And obviously your sex drive is going to be there. You're going to live a very long life. And for a male, if you keep your testosterone in balance and in check and keeping that quite high and your work life and your, all your stress, like managing your cortisol, you're going to really live a really long life as well. You're going to be strong and youthful throughout that. So like I think it's really important that we, um, when we look at the biology of the body and come back to, you know, what is actually really essential that's needed in the body to actually help it live a very long life, 
you know, and, and not just the ways that, you know, like having the knowledge of the hormones, but knowing how they actually exchange in the body and how we can interact with our partner to get that exchange and to have them thrive and us thrive and then we thrive together. We, we, this is so interesting to me because it's like we've been brought up in this society where especially given advertising and everything, they want us to feel powerless about our longevity, our ageing, and we've been always trying to figure out the solutions, right? Like there's a lot of money to figure out, figuring out anti-ageing remedies Mm -hmm. and it comes from the inside out like everything does especially with food and if it's your skin and I spoke about that last episode but with this one it's like we just by putting into practice these things that we can literally do on a daily basis like I did it this morning and it's not even anything that has to be fully sexual and sensual like we were doing it with partners at a workshop in the middle of the day on a Saturday (laughs) At like the community center if you would have walked past it would have been hilarious for you to watch but like we you know it's a public thing that you can do and you're still giving that exchange and, mm-hmm. and so you've it, this is a solution for longevity and for the people to feel absolutely amazing within themselves but also to learn to receive pleasure which is, i think is a massive thing to overcome and it's a discipline that takes an hour Mm. whereas other people are spending Mm. money on all these products and these (laughs) vitamins all these different things like to get you balanced and aligned and you're hoping to god that it helps you out in the long run but it's just these simple practices and to you've kind of figured out this formula how did you do that Mm. does this come with all of your experience or did this come with like the education you've had like how did you get to this point obviously your period would have been a big push yeah well that it actually the the realization of that came through afterwards but yeah it was a, a personal experience in in my relationship current relationship and um yeah so i i kind of you know from being a somatic sexologist and sexological body worker we're all very trained with the wheel of consent and the giving and receiving taking allowing those dynamics and exploring them so i already knew those right but what actually was happening like i was you know in this relationship and you know it, it obviously desire was there quite naturally at the start like just all in flow and in sync and then all of a sudden you know there's my partner is um you know he's quite involved in the cryptocurrency and he's you know obviously most people are aware it took a bit of a downward spiral like back in may and it, it brought a lot of stress for him in his life hugely stressful and um there was a couple of weeks that had passed and he was in this state of despair and hopelessness and, you know, like I could feel him loving and appreciating me and obviously I'm trying to be there to support him and listen to him and doing all of that. But what was really missing in, you know, like four weeks had passed, I guess, and I started to realise like, wow, like I'm initiating a lot of sex here and it's, uh, it's not really coming back the other way and I started to feel like, oh man, like this is actually essential to feel desired in relationship. <laughs> like I'm feeling uh, like I need to feel desired and, and most people would be saying, oh, well, no, that doesn't, I don't want to express that because that's needy. But I lent into the vulnerable communication and I just shared with him like I need to feel desired and that hasn't been coming. And he's like, yeah, I know I've been really stressed, like, but I'm really loving and appreciating you. And I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. Like I totally get it. Like, And I'm feeling that. Thank you so much for, for taking care of that for me. But what I really need to feel is you desire me and that just hasn't been there for a few weeks now like and that's okay but I'm just wanting to know like when is it going to come back (laughs) you know like I'm scared I'm anxious like what is happening to us (laughs) you know and um so within that space and in that that vulnerable sharing you know it was like we were you know kind of waking up in the morning I guess so it was kind of in a trance like coming out of sleep state and I went back into this kind of meditative state which kind of brought the realization of when that flow that feminine state is missing we need to come back to structure and it kind of gave me that example of like 
going to the gym when motivation's not there we come back to discipline I'm like wow okay ritual structure wow let's create that with give receive take and allow so I share with him oh my god I've just come, discovered something amazing this is what we're going to do today we're going to do this give receive take and allow ritual and this is this, it will recalibrate both of us it's going to be incredible and he's like yeah okay cool that sounds great so we did it in the afternoon and it was incredibly empowering for I mean I was like wow I'm feeling him desire me again this is amazing I mean it was only 15 minutes but it was a full recalibration for me I was just like oh just I can breathe again this feels great and he enjoyed it too like just like wow it was fantastic you know and then what actually happened for him overnight like he actually received a really deep insight in a sleep in a dream state and woke up the next day and, and he made some decisions with his crypto um, because it had re- that whole experience had recalibrated him and I remember his he, testosterone he, like yeah, decision making and wow it brought all the clarity wow. and because of the recalibration and and I remember when we spoke and he goes oh you know I don't I don't exactly know what happened yesterday but something happened and I've just this has come through and I've made these choices and I've, you know, done a little bit of restructuring and it's, it's all good now. I'm feeling so much better. Like, this is incredible. So that was proof that what we did was exactly what was needed in that moment. And obviously flow has returned now, you know. We haven't done that um, uh, exercise since then, you know. We haven't needed it, but we've got it if, if that ever happens again, yeah. you know, so. And that was evidence. You, like, you came up with it and then now it's become evidence. So thank you to the crypto world <laughs> and to your experience because now there's a real safety in knowing, especially after applying it this morning, because when I feel that I'm not being desired, I question if this is forever. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do that, but especially me, I'm like, is this everything? Whenever my life's bad, I'm like, is this forever? But Mm -hmm. I think that when it comes to a partner, there's that powerlessness that comes up in me. I'm like, oh my God, I can't control this person. Is it done? Is it like, am I never going to be desired again? But to know that this is like, again, in your back pocket and you can pull this beautiful structure and discipline out to bring back desire like it is so empowering and to have that being applied this morning is just like it's it I feel like a whole new person and we didn't even get right into the depths of like taking and allowing like we Mm -hmm. were short for time but yeah it's just a really powerful process to know that you can come back to that and I'm like I'm so grateful that you had that experience (laughs) in so many weird ways and also just for the clarity because you explained this story when we're at that conscious connecting and I think for a lot of people in the room especially me it was like ding 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 infidelity doesn't just happen no one wants to be an absolute asshole mm-hmm. and known as that person like it, there's actually a process and there's things that happen within our hormones within like all these different things that are underneath the surface quite literally that drive someone into needing or to doing things like that and it comes from this need for desire which we all have and so yeah I think Mm -hmm. it was really beautiful for someone to explain something that's like so shamed in the world as like oh okay it's just that simple Mm -hmm. yeah it's one of our needs and one of our best interests you know yeah I need to feel desired by you okay great well actually I need to feel desired by you too you know so like expressing those things I think it's something else that we're going to talk about today is it you know expressing those um, best interests and those you know those needs I think we've kind of gone into that already and I think one thing that I really wanted to mention here is just about containment like masculine containment and um and and for a female to be caretaking um her man's confidence you know there are there is a difference um between male and female bodies you know Mm. women need to feel safe Men are the strongest species. You know, we only need to look into history to see the evidence of that, you know. And, and if, you use the, if I use the example of a, a female walking down a dark alley in the middle of the night, 
to her car and the way that she's behaving, like she's like hurriedly walking and grabbing her keys out of her bag already, you know, and where a male in the same situation would just casually be strolling along to his car, right? So it's very clear that women need to feel safe and, and need to have that you know, provided to her, especially from the man that she's in a relationship with, if we're talking about heterosexual relationships, right? Because it happens in same-sex relationships too, but we just there needs to be a little bit more communication about who's doing what and when, right? Mm. So um, when men provide that containment and help a woman feel safe and secure and that healthy healthy attachment, secure attachment, healthy ownership, like this is my partner, when mm. he kind of claims her in that way, she feels safe, she feels secure, and what men need is actually their partner to caretake his confidence, you know. Not that he's like in a really, you know, like broken space and he needs her to like really build him up. Like he's already coming from that really confident space. These are my dreams, these are my desires and this is what I'm up to. And she encourages him and supports him in that and celebrates and appreciates him when he does provide that containment for her, does make her feel safe or, you know, makes the decisions in the relationship like oh hey we're going out for dinner here awesome i mean this is a great idea you've got great taste those sorts of things will actually help him feel even more confident Mm -hmm. so these are essential needs and desires i think that we have that are just slightly different in men and women Um, but that it it really does need to be caretaken and it's usually it's usually there in the beginning of a relationship um, but usually what happens is the that the comfort she provides his confident for his confidence he's providing the containment it's all like thriving this is amazing they they've, think they've, they've met each other you know that this is my soulmate this is amazing you know and then as the relationship matures he stops pursuing so much because that's usually what happens like men are very goal driven he's like oh I've got to pursue her I've got to get her this is this goal I'm going to have right puts his best foot forward and she's obviously putting her best foot forward too and she's providing the confidence like, oh, wow, mm. this man's amazing. This is great, you know. Yeah. So it's thriving and then as the relationship matures, you know, like she will start – he'll be like, oh, wow, I've won her now. And so it happens – it's like which happens first, the chicken or the egg? Well, it's really both, you know. It's yeah. both. He's like, cool, I've got my goal now. I've won her over. Stops putting his best foot forward so much and just relaxes into the relationship and just – you know, oh, well, she's just going to love me for who I am now, right? So he stops putting so much effort forward because he's already won her over. Yeah. And then she starts to question, you know, it's, all this happens at the, about the same time, right? And she's like, oh, well, this relationship's going really well and I'm liking this guy. What, where, what have I not been seeing in the last six months, you know? Mm. Let's start to Rose look at... coloured glasses <laughs> and coming off this. <laughs> exactly. And then she starts to criticise the aspects of the relationship and how he's not showing up for her. You know, and then and then we've got she's breaking down his confidence. He's not providing the containment, mm. the security, and then the relationship starts to dissolve. Yeah. So, like, it's really essential that we, you know, um, get clear on the difference between men and women, and that containment needs to be provided in different ways, and that confidence needs to be caretaken in different ways as well. Yeah, and I think there's nothing more important than, um, for me personally, safety. Like I come from being in rehab for PTSD. Like safety to me is absolutely everything. But I've found that especially in that relationship with the masculine because then I can fully surrender and then I'll allow him to take the lead. Like he can come up with all the ideas. I trust him fully. I feel safe fully. We can go to Mars and back if we need. Like I do not care because I'm like, okay, sweet. I'm going to be looked after. I feel fully secure. And then with the men, it is, it's like confidence I've noticed, but also it's like, yeah, it's, it's cheering them on. 
and mm. being their biggest cheerleader. So, like, how can people apply this when it does go, like, you know, I suppose we talked about, like, the six-month mark when people do mm. get to that little point where the chicken or the egg happens, one or the mm. other, and then it just starts to, we take our rose-coloured glasses off, we come back to reality, and... It's not so much of a high. You'd kind of had to go back to your real lives and like make shit happen after the six month mark anyway. But also like how do people p- provide and remain in that con- containment and the confidence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, whoever whoever's listening to this, I mean, if they're both listening, fantastic. You can just start to have some real life conversations with each other about what are your best interests, you know, and actually owning with each other. Like if, if, if it's you that listening and your partner's not, like if you're in the female body and you haven't been providing or take, take care, caretaking his confidence, you just own that with him, you know. Like, you know what? I haven't been pumping up your tires. I haven't been boosting you up. I haven't been encouraging and supporting you in ways that I probably should be, you know. Like, I'm really sorry for that. And then, and then, I, this is this is what I need. <laughs> what I need is you know, to make me feel contained and this healthy ownership and this security that you used to provide that's not there anymore. And I get why it's not because I haven't been caretaking your confidence, mm. you know. So like just owning <laughs> your part of that dynamic but then also expressing that need at the same time. And obviously if you're in the male body then it's reversed. It's like, oh, wow, I haven't been caretaking, you know, the security and the safety and the containment here. And I can see why you haven't been making me feel confident because you, you're not feeling confidence in the relationship, you know. So there's different ways, but it's just like vulnerable communication with each other is the essential part and just getting clear on what your best interests and your needs are and then sharing that with your partner. And if there's fears, express those as well and just know that, that you can rely on that person. Like there's a bravest act is to hand over your heart to somebody else and, and have them, you know, take care of that. And it's also brave to know that this person's given you their heart and you're going to, they, they take that, you know, they're allowing you to take care of that for them, you know? So I think it's one of the most bravest and courageous acts in life is actually just to give your heart to somebody yeah. and also to receive their heart in knowing that that's a really vulnerable thing that they've given you to look after you know, so it's, we need to have vulnerable communication around that, you know, like it is, it's essential to a thriving yeah. relationship. Yeah. yeah. My body could feel like it's, it's like so dropped in right now. <laughs> this is one of your powerful practices. I could cry. I'm like, it so is handing over your heart and like having that vulnerable communication, I think is one of the most, yeah, the courageous things I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, yeah, I'll jump out of a plane. I'll go bungee jumping. I'll do all these things, but speaking vulnerably about my needs and speaking up about my fears and asking for someone to meet those needs and all the things that come within a vulnerable communication and relationship is like so fucking difficult. Even for someone like me, I love vulnerable chats. There's nowhere, nothing I won't talk about, but this is so difficult for me to speak up, especially if it's something where I'm like, feel like I have to maybe criticize or not criticize is a shitty word, but um, you know, bring something up that doesn't sit right with me and like, you know, speak up for my body and not abandon myself. Fucking mm. hell. Like mm. it's going against like everything society taught us not to do. Mm. And especially like when you hand over and someone's got that love and they are like sort of have a part of your heart, especially going through like this fierce independence that I've come out of. It's like, I feel powerless because I'm like, oh, in a way, like at the end of the day, if this doesn't work out and this person does hurt me, I say mm. that in quote, quotation marks, I am going to be hurt mm. because I have emotions and I'm fucking human. Yeah. And like the fear of that inevitability is like, 
that it's something might not work out it's it's so it's so it's crushing and so I think that for women especially we learn to be like oh well at least you've got someone at least this at least that and you compare yourself to other women and I want to go back to the history thing because I think it's so important because we're coming into a time where we're just pretending that this like masculine feminine doesn't matter but it does because it's literally you know like like we need it testosterone mm. we need that sort of stuff we need the balance but i think that yeah we've been taught so much that like at least you've got somebody don't speak up about that don't criticize them don't speak up for your needs because at least you've got somebody and then you just tend to abandon yourself along the way and then that obviously creates a disconnection but i want to talk about like the history you touched on before mm-hmm. with the masculine and the feminine because we were all fighting against each other as you said because mm. the queen needed a king yeah, that's right. Like if, if um, you know, if back in the days, you know, and it, st- and it still plays out now just from the, you look at the history you know, in the king, days of kings and queens, like a woman without a king is just a, a person in the street begging, you know, she's a pauper, she's in poverty, you know. So if, if you, you know, you manage to get yourself a king, you're safe. You're secure. Yeah. You're going to be provided for. You're going to live in the palace, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> you know? big difference. So this is why a lot of women, like the competition comes up between women and it gets very catty is because it's about safety, you know, because if you've got, if you get the king, you get the alpha male, you're provided for, you're safe, you live in the palace. And if you don't get him, you're in the street and you're begging and you're not safe. So this is the, the competition that comes up between women that's different when men are in competition with each other. It's just a bit more of a healthy competition that starts to play out between men. You know, it can be quite physical. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over and done with. But yeah. women, there is just so much more involved because of the safety aspect, you know, because it's about it's, – it's life and death for a woman if she doesn't get the king. You know, yeah. It's just like how long her life is going, you know, begging for crumbs in the street as opposed to living in a palace with the king, you know. So there's, so, there's a lot that's involved. And this is why it's still playing out, you know, between women today and, and in the dynamics of relating. Yeah, yeah interesting. Do, would you say that, like, what's coming up for me now is we're moving into a time of feminism, this fierce independence for women and this fear, need to protect ourselves. There's people doing so low IVF. There's, you know, people who are, like, so strong in being like, I don't need a man. And kudos to them I think it's awesome that we're moving into a time where we can adapt I suppose maybe but like is that then having a toll on their estrogen levels absolutely yeah because then they're just in the masculine role of you know providing for or you know giving with agenda giving without agenda but when then there's nobody there to receive from without guilt then we've we're in that state of longing for somebody that we can connect with and longing for you know for something but often people find themselves in that and me included in that fiercely independent state because we're scared of codependence we don't want to become enmeshed with somebody but how it plays out is we've got okay, well, I'm not needy and I don't have any needs and I can take care of myself. And if I, you know, a lot of people relate from that space. They come into a relationship with somebody else who's also fiercely independent. Like, I'll take care of my needs and you take care of your needs. So they're not handing each other their hearts <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'll take care of myself, you take care of yourself. And occasionally we just meet up in the middle for sex and to watch a movie or have, have some dinner or something. But we're all just taking care of ourselves, right? So the relationship is based on distrust, like we're not taking, we're not relying on the other person. We're not able, we're not trusting that they're going to take care of our best interests and our needs, which is the where, that's where we want to relate from, right? So the difference is when we come into that 
sharing with each other what are your best interests and what are your needs because I want to gain pleasure out of providing for them you know when you're coming from that happy place and I can make you happier that's a thriving relationship you know when you're kind of attuning to each other's needs you know at the same time you know what what, what has been expressed but also with, with what hasn't been expressed as well so I think people in female bodies are probably a little bit better at that just naturally tuning into their external world and their environment. But it's something that it's not all men, like men, I think male bodies, they, they, some of them are quite good at that. They've become quite empathic throughout their experiences of life with things that have happened to them, but some of them haven't had that experience. So it then needs to become a practice, I guess, of attuning and like feeling into what are this person's emotional needs right now? What are their mental needs? Everything that else is going on for them that's beyond the words that they're expressing, you know. So it is attunement is something that men, um, more, mostly men, but some women also need to be practising attunement as well. So tuning into the external world or becoming empathic to and considering. It's really what it is. Attunement is just like, you know, what's going on here right now and, and what is when you can, you know, I'll take care of my needs and you can take care of yours, but we're both considering each other in the choices and the decisions that we're making, you know, not losing sense of self and abandoning ourselves, and then feeling resentful about that, but just attuning into this is what you need, this is what I need. Okay, well, let's let's like work together and you know uh, collaborate together and find that thing that you know it's going to work for both of us. Yeah, you know? and if you can't do that, then sometimes you need to end the relationship, you know, and being okay with that, you know, it's it does happen. Yeah. Um, that's powerful. I think that like coming from such a, a codependent state, like I ended up in rehab, that is the the foundations of rehab that I went to especially and anyone ending up there with a secondary symptom of anything, it can be love addiction, that's one I'll definitely touch base on, it can be like drugs, anything like that, but it stems from the first symptom is uh, codependence. So it comes from codependence. And so learning the depths of that and being so fearful of ever being in a codependent relationship with a lover again, that like I sort of thrusted myself into radical independence and really struggled when it came to like actually, I guess, falling in love with someone again because there's that powerlessness that came up. So you're trying radically to hold on to my independence throughout a process where I was needing to learn how to be interdependent. And with that, it's just been a fucking journey because I feel like I'm on a seesaw. Like I was saying to you before, I'm like, I'll go, I'll feel love of like addiction. I'll be like, whoa, like, which could just be honestly just like handing over my power for like 20 seconds and I'll just throw myself into avoidance and I'll be like, okay, cool. I need some time alone. And like, it's not healthy. And so then, and then I feel lonely as you're saying. So it's like, it's one of those things where I'm like, how do you work out that attunement? It's such a fine line. Is there practices you apply for people to work out the attunement of like, I guess women have it more often. Like I probably mother and smother a bit too much, but like, yeah, how do people work that out and physically? Yeah. Yeah. So so there is a practice where you actually sit and you're kind of meditating and in, in a meditative space, you can close the eyes down and just kind of allow yourself to come out of your own experience, you know, allow like that soul of yourself to come out and enter back into the source field I guess and now that you've exited your body and then now you come down into the other person's body without your own experience so allowing that energy to come out of your own body the soul to come out of the body and now allowing it to enter another person's body and then just noticing what 
feelings and sensations that you're happening and tuning into their experience, tuning into the events that have happened in their life, what's happened during their day, what's happened in their past, what's what's making what's what are the emotions and the events that that person has experienced that's you know causing them or or having them make the choices and decisions that they're making right now. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can really feel into their full experience and get that full understanding, which is really high level of love, you know, is when we want we desire to understand the other person. You know, then that that is attunement. We're kind of like mm-hmm. we exit our own experience to just really feel into the other person's, and then from that, like, oh wow, that's what's going on for them right now. Yeah. Okay, so it's not personal because we're no longer like yes, we're there, we're breathing in our body, but most of what we're feeling and experiencing is coming from the person that we have just allowed our our soul to penetrate from that meditative experience, you know. So we can gain a lot and understand a lot about somebody when we just slow down and become aware and and we can just attune in that way when we kind of feel the soul enter somebody else's body and then we can kind of come back to our own body with a broader perspective of actually what's really going on for them in that moment. And then that brings a whole lot of compassion at the same time, like an understanding and then like, okay, wow, now I get that, you know, and then we can communicate from that space, you know, it's, it's, yeah, like I get, I get it now. Okay, cool. Tell me more about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And this is so interesting because the way you explained that is what I was doing to find compassion and understanding Back in 2016 when I lived in America and was doing broadcast journalism and that was kind of the first time I'd ever seen to, uh, like the world divide but being the world of America at that time. So it's like when Trump was coming in, Republicans just turned on Democrats and it was like very full on and I was probably more prone to be like I was getting fed the Democratic news so I was more that way and I wanted to compassionately understand the other and I was like, okay, cool, and I'd interview people and I'm like, oh, I get it, you're from Tampa and mm. people in Tampa believe this, you're religious so you also believe this. Your parents have been Republican since, you know, the diehard like history basically. So it's like, you know, I was just starting to understand people's conditioning and what made them up into who they were and then from there I was like, I can't judge you. Like, Mm. I have no right to judge you. You only know what you know. And you've only experienced what you've experienced. For me to be like, oh, I've experienced this in Australia, it's like that doesn't compute at Mm. all. And so I think that we do that in relationship as well. And this year I found that, like, a lot of me coming back to learning about myself and how I am in relationship with almost anyone is I'm a big collaborator and I'm a team member because I'm a twin. Like, everything comes down to the core of, the fact that I shared a room and I've always like at a young age was looking out for my bro like and he was definitely looking out for me and vice versa like the amount of times my grandparents will share stories that they'll be like my brother would just like Emma don't do this Emma don't do that someone's always looked out for me as well and so I come from this real like enmeshment literal enmeshment and so my family's quite enmeshed like that's our long language we're very you know we'll do anything for each other so then moving into a codependent relationship was so fucking easy for me. And then going into radical independence, that was just like a way of saving myself, but it was just like avoidance of not wanting to fall into codependence. So coming back to interdependence and understanding when someone's like, no, that's your own shit or whatever it is. It's like, it's been a really hard learning, but the best thing ever. But I think that that's so true. Like coming out and into someone else's experience and understanding them to their core 
is just the only way you can really find compassion and understanding. And I found that with me, the more you can share about your makeup and like the more I can share even about the way my family gives me love and then that's the way I'm going to give you love. And if you don't like it, that's okay. But it's all I've really known is so important. Mm. So I think that like for me, it's been about knowing myself the best so I can share that because that's such a powerful practice like I don't know how who, like there'd be a lot of people who could do that physical meditation mm. so would you say it's easy as well to then um be able to share with your partner and with anyone really in your life like your makeup and get to know that to the best of your ability yeah yeah I think it it, it is a practice and the more that you do it the, you know you don't really have to sit there in meditation so much you can just be feeling into the other person just, yeah. you know, you can be driving the car and be doing that or you can just be on the phone going, oh, okay, well, that's going on, you know, but just like the reality and the understanding that if you are any other person, cell for cell, with the exact same life experience and things that, they've, you know, events, emotions, everything that they've experienced in life, you would be making the exact same choices that they are making, yeah. you know, and the same for them for you, you know, so there really is no judgment around that. Like there is no wrong in life. You know, yeah, shitty things happen and that's not okay, right? But there are reasons why people make the choices and decisions that they do and it is based on their past experience, you know. And if you were them, you would be doing exactly the same thing, the same if they were you and making the choices that you are making. Yeah. I want to touch on um, just on teamwork too, you know, because you mentioned just before just about, oh, this is my stuff and owning my stuff, right? And I think we spoke about this a bit earlier this morning yeah. was, um, you know, in relationship like teamwork you know, you are a team. And when something comes up, like when you express your needs, you express your best interests with your partner and you hear that from them, you express your fears with that person. Like you, you are just, you, you're trusting that that person, that you're in a, you know, you're in a team with that person. You're going to be caretaking each other in that experience. So when I said before, like you wouldn't use that person's fear as a weapon to minimize them and as, as against them you know so when something comes up in a relationship I'm going to use the example of jealousy because it's a really powerful run right yes, and if it's not in a relationship then you're in the wrong relationship if you don't feel jealous in your relationship at times like jealousy jealousy is a healthy emotion like we need to feel that and if we're not feeling it we're not with the right person right it's, yeah. it's not challenging us like yeah. we're being too safe yeah <laughs> so like addressing jealousy you know so if somebody has a fear like about oh wow like I just I'm not feeling contained or you know I'm not feeling safe and I'm feeling you're connecting with a lot of other people I'm not really sure what's going on there like you know can you can you t share with me a little bit more or whatever you know but if you if you share your that fear with your partner it's not them to go oh well that's your problem and you just got to you know work it out for yourself get over it and you know that's that's you and this is me and you you work it out like no no you're actually a team so when jealousy comes up because it's a healthy emotion we want to process it and experience it like it can be just expressed like i'm actually feeling a little bit jealous right now <laughs> you know um I can regulate myself, I can, you know, can take care of my emotions and can breathe through that. But what I actually need from you is, and maybe, you know, can you just give me some reassurance that what's actually going on with you and that person or these other people is, is just friends or whatever, like this is what I'm needing right now, right? So it's something that you're working through together as a team. It's not like, well, that's your problem, you just got to get over it. Like, no, that's, that's fierce independence, right? We're coming back into that space. So we work together when it's interdependence. It's like, okay, this has come up. Okay, what do you need? <laughs> That's what we ask. What do you need? How can I support you in that? Like, what do you need from me right now? And maybe it is reassurance. Maybe it's a phone call after they catch up with a person or they speak with them or something. You know, like, 
over time, jealousy is just going to become something that you're just able to label like, okay, I'm feeling a bit jealous right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can you just provide me some reassurance? Sure. Okay, yeah. No worries. What do you need? Yeah, no, that's, you know, and they can just provide whatever you need in that moment, you know, but the more that we stuff jealousy down and avoid it, the more it eats us up, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I think if you can just come into that space where you can really just own it, just like, oh, wow, I'm just feeling a bit jealous right now, <laughs> you know, that's so much more empowering than like, oh, no, I'm not jealous because if I, sh- you know, because people, there's so much shame that comes with the feeling of jealousy. Oh, my God, I'm feeling jealous. That's so shameful. I must be insecure. I'm needy and all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. No, you're just a human being. And if you're not feeling that, like I said, you're in the wrong relationship. It's how we handle jealousy is what creates it either to be a disempowering or an empowering experience for both people. Because the other person, as much as they might be showing that they're not jealous, they are. They're a human being too, right? So yeah. when you can just really be vulnerable and be in your jealousy and just, oh, wow, I'm feeling a bit jealous, that helps them just label that for themselves at the time that it comes up. And it's no longer something that's eating you up or eating, eating the relationship up. Yeah, I have spent so much energy on trying to pretend that I'm not jealous in the past, like so much energy. It's overwhelming because of exactly what you said. Like I, until this morning, until you spoke about jealousy, like in this such an empowering way, I 100% thought it was something that I should feel shame around. Like, and it's my own insecurity. And that means I don't feel enough and I don't feel whole. Like what's wrong with me because I feel jealous. Whereas in reality, one of the most powerful moments in my relationship, and I'm sure John T won't shame me, mind me sharing is when we both were like I'm like oh I get jealous and then he's like yeah I'm like do you and he's like yeah and then he said like he's like I think it's because we both froth each other I love that (laughs) I love it and it was a pin drop moment where I was just like oh I'll never forget it and it was just like my whole body was like fuck yes I am in the right relationship because I never want to stop frothing you and if that means because I froth you so much I think other people do and like when you're close to someone like it comes up I'd rather have that, that beautiful, like, little bit of jealousy, but because I fucking froth you mm. moment, then not, not at all because I feel way too safe this person's never going to fucking cheat on me because I don't even froth them. That would yeah. be terrible. Yeah. Like, that sounds horrible. That's not the desirable relationship I want to be in. So you put it so well that you're not in the right relationship unless that's, like, an emotion that will come up every now and then and it's how you deal with it. It's, like, just normalising it, firstly, and then supporting the other person through it with the ways in which you can offer practices. And you mentioned something, I don't know if you want to bring it up, but just like, you know, uh, being able to ask for that need in that situation that you're in. And I think that that's really powerful because I never knew that I could do that. I thought that it was like, okay, I feel jealous. Now I have to just go and work on it. But I also question whether I think for someone like me, whenever I feel jealous, it can almost lead directly into a trigger. And then I'm like, okay, what do I have to work on there? And I take full responsibility and accountability of like what I need to go work on. Whereas sometimes it's almost like, okay, it's not, it's just an emotion that's come up in real time and it's perfectly fine. Yeah. But I'm like, where's the depth to this story (laughs) and let me work on it and let me work it out and do the work. Mm -hmm. Like, whereas I don't think it is that all the time. Yeah, well, it's, um, we need to feel the full spectrum of emotions. Like there are no bad emotions and there's no good emotions. Like there's there's nah. emotions that make us feel good and there's ones that don't make us feel so good. But we need to feel all of them. Otherwise, we're just living in this very narrow perspective of life. We're human beings. We're here to experience the richness of life and that involves experiencing all of the emotions. 
So the, the, the greater the level of grief and frustration and despair and rage that we can allow move through our body, the higher level of joy and pleasure and satisfaction and, you know, gratitude and generosity, all these more positive emotions we can feel in our life, you know. But if we're not allowing ourselves to still feel the more negative emotions, then we really don't allow ourselves to feel much, you know, in, within the spectrum of emotions. We're kind of doing this little bumper ball thing in the middle, like we're in this really narrow pathway. We're not actually feeling and experiencing life. But like you said, there is there's a pile, there's a part. Okay, I'm noticing something. What do I need from myself right now? Mm-hmm. You know. And then once you've given worked that out and you've given that to yourself, then it's but what do I need from my partner as well? Because there's some things that we just can't give ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. um, okay. So I, I will use the example, the personal example. So you know, earlier, you know, earlier in our relationship, um, my partner, he was. Um, he needed to reconnect with his ex and um, it's the first time that they'd spoken in quite a while and I was like oh wow I don't I don't know her I haven't met her I can feel his intention I think he's got you know he's got his best interests you know like there's 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 good intentions here you know Um, but I don't know her and I don't know what the intention is there you know and I was kind of feeling a little bit insecure I guess like and just feeling in relationship insecurity like oh what's going on here is that really over between them like um, and there was part of me that started to protect myself and started to become a little bit cold and like reserved and like oh man what's going on you know because I didn't want to be hurt so in that experience I'm like oh wow I'm noticing what I'm feeling what can I I need to I need to ground myself you know so I went to the beach I tried to surf but that didn't work because I was completely disembodied (laughs) (laughs) so I got back on the beach and I just sat there and I'm like okay I'm just going to ground myself I'm just going to breathe through all of these feelings of like not feeling uncertainty and what's going on and maybe this is going to dissolve and just feeling all of that move through the body right and then okay to the point where I was just like okay I'm feeling quite grounded again now like I've given myself what I needed and yes I'm secure I'm feeling confident within myself and but what do I actually need from him you know so um after phoning him, you know, sending him was like, oh, there's, you know, I've just come up, you know, I've just gone through something and I really need to chat with you. Like, let me know when is a good time. So getting consent for the conversation first, really important. And then um, we ended up having a conversation up within the next half hour. And I just said, oh, look, this is the process that I've been in the last few days. And it's been a bit scary, but like I've, I've given to myself, I've regulated myself and I'm like really breathing through the emotions and I'm feeling, feeling quite calm and relaxed. But what I actually need from you is like when you catch up, you know, when you meet up with your ex, could you give me a call afterwards? Like that would help me feel really, really good in my body. Like that would help regulate me even more. Like, is that okay? Can you do that? Because yeah, of course I can. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, I explained like I don't really know what her intentions are. I can feel yours and I'm sure it's got great intentions, but I just don't know and I'm feeling a little bit nervous about that. And it's like, yeah, well, understandably, yeah, of course. No, I'll give you a call. No worries. Mm. You know, and so obviously that happened and then the next time he, oh, you know, I'm meeting up with my ex again, you know, I'll give you a call afterwards like this is what time we'll finish it'll be about this time and I was like oh my god he's gone out of his way to let me know you know I was just like oh wow I really don't even need these phone calls anymore this is fantastic you know so it is we it is fine to have needs you know but it's it's so important to give to yourself first like what you can so you're not needing the other person to make you feel whole and complete you know so it could be grounding. It could be like, okay, what are these emotions? I need to feel through them rather than avoiding them or trying to get somebody else to make me feel better about that. Yeah, yep. Yeah, provide for self first. Give to self first. Love yourself first, wholly. And then and then, what can you ask for, you know, vulnerably ask for? Because it's clunky as hell asking for your needs, right? Especially when we've been, you know, taught throughout life that we're, you know, we'll be shamed 
for having needs throughout our life and to express needs it's like oh 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 so it does feel awkward but as you start to navigate that like it starts to get just a little bit more comfortable mm-hmm. and I love that because you speak about how you came whole first and you give those examples and you're like you know you took some time to yourself to feel into it before even sharing which is really beautiful I find that I probably rush that process mm-hmm. and then also like the most important thing which I need to start applying more is gaining consent before you share like is this the appropriate time because I notice sometimes and this has happened vice versa in many relationships you just bombard each other with these truths mm. that like they don't have the space for the capacity for at that time which can turn it into a fucking shit show <laughs> and like that's really interesting too so I love that process and then what you asked for was so clear and concise and I think that it's really important when it does come to jealousy and I had a big trigger come through then which basically at my core but um is yeah, I fully trust the person that I'm with, fully trust them, but I don't know other people's intentions and I don't know those people. And for me, I've had a jealous girl in my life who wanted to be my friend, kind of conned me into being my her friend. I gave her a little bit of trust. She slept with my boyfriend and then she glassed me while mm. apologising. And then half an hour later I was also in a car crash with my dad where I thought he was dead because of that event like Mm. and one thing led to another so for me it's been really hard for me to differentiate the emotions of losing my dad and being in that moment because it was happened so quickly from a jealous girl who's Mm. like who's manipulated me and done the dirty on me in the process so Mm -hmm. I've really like I had it this year one time at a party like it all came flooding through where I was just like oh my god these emotions and just feeling simple jealousy to me is like I'll go into full avoidance mode because I'm like I my body thinks I'm gonna have to say goodbye to my dad like Mm. so extreme so extreme trauma yeah Yeah, (laughs) really the depths of my trauma and so like for me I fully need to be able to speak up about that with my partner because it's so much for my body to handle when it's something that I feel like is out of my control and it's to do with jealousy but it doesn't at all mean that I don't trust him Mm. and so it's like jealousy doesn't have to mean that you don't trust your partner whereas Mm. I think that that's what's kind of triggered in a lot of people when Mm. jealousy does come up it's like what do you mean I've done nothing for you to not trust me and it's like so not the point yeah yeah I mean that we can't control other people all we can have is like do I trust myself that's always the question to ask first like where where am I out of integrity with myself or could could I be a bit tighter around that where in the past have I had leaky energy with other people you know because if I'm manipulating my outside experience to gain self-worth through other people then clearly you're going to be an attracting uh, you're going to be attracting a partner who is doing the same right so we need to base our self-worth on things that are coming from inside of us <laughs> rather than externally. So flirting with other people and getting their attention is not a satisfying experience. You know, we might get that attention, but I mean, it's not fulfilling or satisfying because it's not coming from within ourselves, right? So we, yeah, can you trust yourself? Where have you not trusted yourself in the past? <laughs> mm. You know, owning that with your partner. Yeah. Get real with that. Like, yeah, okay not happy you know I'm not proud of that but that's what I did to try and validate myself or yeah. get approval or to feel worthy with through other people do I trust myself yeah okay I trust myself do I trust my partner okay so what do you need to feel like you can trust your partner maybe it is the containment right that healthy ownership and having your partner own you in a healthy way in a group of people that's like there's no flirtatious behavior happening with other people at the time, right? When, when that containment is being provided, it's like, cool, I'm feeling secure. 
you know, like so just trusting that that person is going to caretake or capitalise on that best interest or that need that you have if that's that's what's needed. And, this, I mean, men also need to feel contained as well. Women also need to feel confidence. I'm saying this because, like, we both have masculine energy within each of us. So as much as a man needs to have his confidence caretaken and a female needs to feel contained, like, men need to feel contained as well. Like, they don't want you to be leaking your sexual energy out with other men when you're in a relationship. They need to feel healthy, healthy ownership as well. Yeah. You know, so it, it goes it's, – it's full circle. It's all the way around. We are slightly different, but there's a, a slightly higher need for confidence in men and, and that safety, security, containment in a female, obviously because of the history there. But there it, it goes we, – we, we're very much at the, you know, the same as well. So that feminine part of the person in the male body needs to feel contained as well, whereas the, you know – the male part in the female body also needs to feel confidence. Wow. I want to speak about the, you said something about leaking sexual energy and that was really powerful to me. I found that when two sexual energies are like, you know, in their utmost heightened state and it's amplified, um, then other people are kind of looking on because it's a sexual energy, right? Mm -hmm. Other people can feel it. When I've been in my most empowered, like, state at the start of the year, I noticed that I was, like, getting looks from, like, other men and I'm, like, and I was really trying to be conscious of not leaking my sexual energy and, like, keeping that in the containment. But it was almost like at one point, this is going to sound so up myself in quotation marks, but, like, I was, like, I'd never received that type of interest, right, from any Mm man. And then all of a sudden it's like I'm getting these like this interest that I, I I'm like what the fuck is this like I've never been that type of person to receive this but it was because of the sexual energy that was happening with me and my partner and so mm-hmm. like it, and then it was like I wasn't leaking it but it was mm-hmm. like I could feel it and obviously there was that energy that was I don't know what testosterone this mm-hmm. that whatever was happening in my body but it was like I yeah I was being quite like protective of it but I found that I didn't really know how to handle it either so do you have like experiences but also advice for like how not to leak sexual energy because mm-hmm. I think it's such an important part in keeping that beautiful containment of a relationship and keeping it in there yeah totally and when you're in relationship relationship you are going to be having like pheromones are going to be like flooding That's your body <laughs> all of the time yeah. knew what you were looking for yeah there you go. <laughs> and, uh, and uh and yeah so you know with those dynamics that play out like you're going to be having like a female body's going to be just full of estrogen all the time right like because she's, she's in a state of balance you know yeah. and the male is going to be like boosted testosterone because he's getting that from the relationship that is super attractive to anybody that's looking into that relationship. Or well, even if they don't know you're in a relationship, they're going to be drawn to you. Yeah. But if you're in a relationship, they still might be drawn to you for other reasons, right? Because particularly if you're in a relationship and you're oozing all of these pheromones and people are looking on at you and like, wow, I would really love to have a partner like that. And if they, even if they see like a little crack in the relationship, they might like people, you know, they just go after what they want, you yeah. know, and they will test that, you know. And, and I always they, think that's like coming back to your animal instincts. Like I don't think they're being like human totally. and conscious in that thing. I think it's just yeah. like they're feeling that what animals would just pounce on each other. Yeah. Well, well, it, it depends on the, <laughs> the, the person's situation and their past experience too, you know. So ah. depending on what where, where they've come from, some people really would just respect that relationship and look on, admire and go – wow, look at that lucky guy or that lucky girl. Like, look at them so happy in that relationship. Because I think what makes that person that's in that relationship even more desirable is knowing that there's somebody else that's desiring them, Ah. you know. It's like, wow, this person clearly knows how to be a partner because look at their partner. They're thriving. They look amazing. Like, this relationship is really working, right? So they can just be 
um, inspired by the relationship or they might be just inspired that by that person as an individual and like, yeah, I would love to have a partner like that. You know, some people might try and, you know, mind their way into that. <laughs> you know, that's their own thing. Yeah. You know, but it, it, this is why I think we become even more attractive when we are in relationships with people because people look on at that and they're like, wow, you're really a lovable person because clearly somebody's loving you and you must know how to show up as a, a partner because you are doing that right now. And everyone wants that, you know. That is what everybody is longing for is that somebody to love and that somebody that's loving them. Wow. Yeah. And I find that it's like, it's, yeah, it's keeping that you've got to keep the balance within yourself with your feminine and your masculine. And then you've got to come to and then keep that balance in the masculine and the feminine relationship. And as you said, like, it's not terrible when the feminine is acting more like has to hold the masculine space. But if it is held for too long, is that where, and I think I've had these experiences in the past where the it can the balances start to go off. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and this is when we, it causes um, ill health. You know, like so when the hormones are out of balance, so when when a female is producing, she's making all of the de- the decisions in the relationship, doing all the controlling and all of the kind of planning and the structure. It's going to wear her out. And and really, what that creates in relationship is more like a parent and a child dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, so when she steps into the providing, containing controlling you know well not controlling in a positive sense of making the decisions the planning the structure then he's no longer in that masculine role anymore so he really becomes a child he becomes a dependent so we've got mother interacting with another like another another child or just a child so and there's no passion and desire and chemistry going on in that dynamic anymore right because we're not attracted we don't want to have you know, not attracted to a son (laughs) and a son is not attracted in a sexual way to his mother. So chemistry is completely lost. We've got this dynamic playing out that's, um, yeah, no passion, no desire there. Yeah, interesting. So it it can either look like parent and child or king and slave or queen and slave. King and slave. Wow, <laughs> yeah. interesting. So that's when the, like, okay, the dynamics change. And I want to take it back. Sorry, I think I cut you off with the um, leaking energies. Mm. Is there a solution to that? Yeah, well, it, it, I, yeah. sorry, I was going to get into that. Sorry, just about channeling, channeling the energy up. Like you can feel somebody's attracting, you know, being attracted to you. Wow, it feels great to be desired by somebody else, right? You don't need to connect and interact with that energy, but rather channel that energy up through your own body, your own being. You know, it's just even when you are in relationship, you're going to find yourself being physically attracted or sexually attracted to other people, maybe, you Mm. know. But when that happens, like what are you doing with that energy? Are you sitting there and just like, you know, you can feel when somebody is across the other side of the room and they're looking at you and you can see, you can feel them sexually fucking, like, you know, psychologically fucking you. You can feel that. Yeah. You, know, you can feel that energy come, even if they're not in that same room, if they're in, you know, another part of the world and you can feel somebody psychologically fucking you, you can either open yourself to that or you can close yourself off. Like, no, I don't want that, you know. So there's, you know, so much more is, uh, is at play than what's actually happening in the physical so when you can feel that coming to it, you can either just close your body off, turn away from that. But if you're in the same room, like don't open your body to that experience because then you are just allowing yourself to be psychologically, you know, fucked by that person. Yeah. So, so okay, you can feel it and then maybe turn away and then just allow that to move through your body. Like, okay, if somebody's desiring me, like, yeah, there's all that energy there. Okay, just let that, ooh, this is for me. 
you know, how I show up is for me and what I ooze out of my body is for me. It's not leaky in the way that it's trying to latch on or hook onto somebody and like, oh, hey, come here and like rope somebody in to, you know, intertwine and play with that, you know, like it's, it's manipulative really, you know, psychopathic in some ways, yeah. you know, it's just to kind of feed off of that and then push it away, especially if you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, like it's really, it's fucking with people's feelings and reducing people to just bodies, you know, and people to be played with when that's really not on at all yeah and I'm interested what's coming up I'm interested to hear your opinion on this but like what about the world we live in now is completely different to the world we lived in 20 years ago right there was like I don't even know if we had the internet 20 years ago really like that was just like at our fingertips absolutely not especially rather than to like look up porn let's say people 20 years ago were probably still using magazines Mm-hmm. So, like, it was quite a physical, not as instant gratification whatsoever. Whereas now there's girls who, you know, they'll be in a loving relationship, but they've got an Instagram where it's quite like, you know, they're on display, right? And other people, I sort of wonder the statistics on, like, how many men are doing what you said in that like someone's mind fucking you from the other side of the world that actually happens these days because of you can see them through the internet through instagram through OnlyFans, whatever it may be and there's no judgment there whatsoever but like is that a form i just want to know your opinions on all of it of like leaking sexual energy or like how do you think that that's playing out in society today that we haven't dealt with before yeah, well, I guess it's it. You know, if if it's in relationship and you know it's something that needs to be communicated. Like if you, if the person doesn't know the other person and they're using some pornographic material or even you know erotic material to you know fuel their self pleasure practice. Okay, this can be this can be a healthy thing. But if it's actually somebody that's in real life around in that relation, you know, in that relationship field or in that community, and they're actually starting to interact with that person, and they're actually you know that person's going to feel that. <laughs> And, and, and then it's leaking outside of that container, you know. But when, obviously, men are very physical beings, very, you know, sexual beings, so are women as well. But that, that need for some imagery or some, you know, some, some erotic material, when it's somebody that's a completely outside source, that might be okay, right? Yeah. Because it's not interfering. Like, is this helping you love me better? Is this helping our relationship be better? Okay, well then, okay, it's not, well, it's not causing any harm, right? But if it's somebody that's, they're interacting with in the community and you're interacting with this person and they're like using that person as like that other person is going to feel it, especially if they're in a female body, they're going to know and feel that, that you're psychologically fucking them. And, and, and then it's going to possibly, you know, have it be at the detriment to your relationship that you're currently in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I find it really interesting because it's like someone, you know, you just end up in people's feeds these days and like it's I girls end up on other girls' feeds to be like, oh, she's so hot. Like if mm. anything, I will check out girls more than I check out guys in real life and on Instagram. And so it's like mm. I just wonder like the scrolling and the the feeling of infidelity that's coming up in so many more places than it had ever before. It's just so interesting to see that uh, it's on like something that started off so innocent. Like Instagram Mm -hmm. didn't start off the way it is now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yet now it's become something at our fingertips where you can get caught in and like thing and I'm looking at either a good looking guy or my, you know, someone I'm dating might be looking at a good looking girl. And it's like how much of that is just like, I think we're just so quickly swept up. 
to mm-hmm. be honest. Like there's mm-hmm. no time for us to even think once we're in that Instagram vortex, it's just like we're just there. But I'm always mm. curious as to whether it plays a part on sexual energies and relationships. Mm. I don't think it, it, it doesn't have to be at the detriment to the relationship, you know, when it's a completely different, you know, disconnected experience. It's like, yeah, we're, we're human beings and naturally like if you're sitting down the beach and there's all these hot bodies around, yeah, you'd be having a look. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. absolutely, right? Definitely. You're on the screen looking at Instagram course you're going to be attracted to different bodies and and that sort of thing like that's just a human natural human response you know so if that's not causing any impact like negative impact on the relationship then why not that's fine to continue that yeah but if it starts to become something where somebody's starting to feel like oh hang on a minute like what's going on here like you seem to be you, maybe it's the, maybe the person's doing a lot of self-pleasure practice and then it's they don't have any energy to show up for their partner you know now it's like okay this is affecting me now because Mm. you're always depleted when I meet up with you and there's no you've got no essence left (laughs) you depleted yourself you know where's the energy for me totally yeah Yeah. and and in the same way like it doesn't you know a lot of women like to just you know women their minds are usually they don't need most women don't need a lot of material you know but they can just kind of revisit past experiences or fantasize about things that they might like to experience in the future so it's either past or future same thing, you know, that yeah. is their partner going to get jealous about that because it might not involve them? It might have been somebody from the past. Well, unless they're actually deple- depleting their, their essence and their life force and they're not able to show up, you know, sexually for their partner, like it's really not causing, you know, a problem. So it's, I think it's just something that's really important just to speak about, you know, to, uh, what, okay, what are you actually using, yeah. <laughs> you know, and what are you actually using, you know, like, oh, wow, because it's going to give you a better understanding of that person as well. What do they like? What are they into? Maybe there's some things about them that you don't really know. You know, maybe there's some things from that conversation that you can explore with each other to bring more adventure into the relationship. Like maybe it is, you know, somebody's looking at some bondage and discipline or some dominant submissive kind of dynamics that are playing out. And if you don't know that about your partner, it's like, oh, wow, okay. Do you like to explore some of that? Let's let's. How can we bring some of this in a, into our relationship in a really healthy way? You know. So I think there's like just open communication about it is is just the most important part. Yeah. yeah. And just like you know, how does that feel in my body to know that you're doing that? You know. And, and what's like just really get into you're sharing with each other really vulnerably. Why why I like that? Yeah. You know. This is why I do this. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you know. So it's um vulnerable, but can be really empowering. <laughs> yeah, and I love that. It's kind of like a full circle moment where you, you're you using, again, an example of something that could be a speed bump or something that could be a bit tough to deal with and as a way to have an open communication about how to get to know your partner better and therefore create greater intimacy, mm-hmm. which yeah. is awesome. It's like you always have a way to navigate that and that's what I love about it so much is like every single thing we've spoken about today and that I've seen in your practices you've used a speed bump or something that's happened and you're able to be like hey how do I come up with a solution for this and it's so empowering whereas like I feel like those situations could happen to a lot of different people myself included and they could feel really disempowered and like oh it's over done throwing Mm. in the towel no Mm. more whereas like you've used them as a way to be like no we're actually creating deeper connection and better intimacy and getting to know each other more and I'd love that so much I feel like that's honestly your gift here and I'm so glad you've gone through these experiences so you can give them to me I've been a very lucky person throughout the process but 
just as we finish up, I'm just intrigued to know if you have any more tips or anything just to, about interdependence. And I think that that's like just such an important thing for all of us, like whether you're in a relationship or not, we all, especially moving into this new age, like need to learn to be more interdependent on our community, on our family and our friends, and, and while also still being whole and looking after ourselves, but like still being able to ask for help where we can't meet those needs because it's Suicide Prevention Month and it's like so many people have, you know, not been able to get that help or not thought that they could ask for help in the past. And so mm-hmm. it's like it plays into all of our lives, whether it is in an intimate relationship or just, you know, you're going about it alone and you want some connection in community. Mm, yeah with whatever wherever you're at in life right now there's always an opportunity to to learn from the experiences that that you're in like if you're dating like there's nobody in your life that has come in there by chance like everyone's there for a reason you know so if you're in a relationship there's a reason why you have aligned with this person there are things that you're going to be learning through this person and this is a really safe environment obviously you've connected for a reason it's not by chance Mm. you know and wherever you're at on the path of interdependence there is always the next thing like it's, it's a practice I find it's not a place to get to like it's a continual process of living in a completely different way to what we've been brought up through you know so we are really the pioneers in interdependent relation relating so that you know having patience and compassion with yourself throughout the experience as well and and looking to others like who are the people in your life that you admire most you know, and looking at the way that th- their behaviours, what are their ways of being, what are their values, and then start adopting that and becoming that yourself, you know. So looking up to people who are in interdependent relationships, what are they up to, what are they doing, how do they relate, following people. There are a number of people out there that are starting to live from that space, you know. They definitely inspired me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, starting to, uh, yeah, just start to adopt the values and, and just to realise that, you that you're here to learn something through this person you're connecting with and they're here to learn through you as well. And um, it's, it is, it's just a new model and it's really inspiring and really empowering. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like moving. And I, I said this to my partner the other day and, and just kind of drawing it all together is like if we look at centralised systems and decentralised systems, you know, and that's a whole other topic, right? But I think yeah, I love it. Inter, <laughs> interdependent relating mm. is a decentralised system, you know, mm-hmm. like it's where it's empowering for both people. There's equality, you know, and that hasn't been there. And we look at all the centralised systems that are on the planet right now that are not feeding us and not helping us thrive, you know. And there's a lot of relationships, codependency, fierce independence, very centralised. There's always one person. It's a power struggle. Mm-hmm. There's going to be one person in the position of power and that might change at times, but it's, it's constantly eating us up and consuming a lot of energy that could be used for, like, living our dreams, living and creating our dreams, co-creating that with a partner, you know. So this decentralized relating or interdependent relating it really is the model to work for that that is sustainable and is lasting and is going to help us all thrive in life yeah amazing it's so so true and I feel like it all comes around to like attraction equals lesson so no matter whether you're attracted to anything it's always going to teach you that lesson and like looking up to those people who are doing it and are inspiring you throughout this and that you're definitely one of those people for me and throughout the 
unique amount of times that I've met you and we've done work together and just the conversations we've had I have learned so much from you and I've been able to apply it in real time like I've had massive releases like that afternoon I was crying my eyes out and it was just it was the most beautiful cry ever I was just like oh my god this is really me really feeling to my core and I'd never had that and just by doing a few of your practices to get me in tune with my yeses and nos and like just to really feel into my own body so powerful and then other times to be able to do the conscious connecting with you I it's empowered my relationship with Jonty so so much I couldn't be more grateful and our intimacy and just to be able to know that we have that structure in our back pocket to use anytime where there may be disconnections or maybe tired whatever it is and I think that's so powerful and I, I could not recommend to anyone more to do that enough so like where can people like myself can be lucky enough to be able to work with you where can they find you and do apply these practices and and I think especially like the one thing I'm working on the moment is your ebook so I think Mm. that that's definitely something that if people want to work on interdependence that that is a place to start I've only just started it and I'm already feel very empowered so Mm. please share it's an absolute joy to share yeah no um my uh website is kate uh, dash alderman.com or kate hyphen alderman.com um and yeah my interdependence integration map is an ebook that's available through there so it's it's not just uh, knowledge but it's actually you know tools and wisdom that you can use in your life so it's an integrative process so yeah that's available through my website um yeah if anyone wants to work one-on-one or like i said i work with couples and also presenting workshops to groups of people yeah please read out reach out you can do that through um through facebook (laughs) through instagram through my website as well so my instagram page is kate underscore alderman underscore um and i mean if you're following emma you'll probably find me through (laughs) her channels as well um but yeah also i'm on uh facebook Kate, Kate Alderman, somatic sexologist. Um, yeah, so there's many ways that people can reach out to me. And I, like I said, I work with people both in person and online. So I'm in the Gold Coast for anyone that's close by around and around Queensland. And I also work with people, you know, remotely as well. So in other parts of the world, other parts of the country via Zoom video call. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and if they, I always said to you when I first met you, I was like, if I hadn't known these practices when I was 15 years old, mm. I would have made so many less mistakes with boys and handing over my power. And it, that to me really hits home. And I would love to see you working and being able to, I know you've done one workshop with younger girls, but that is why I started this podcast. Like what did my 15 year old self need to know? And this is the shit right here mm-hmm. because there's nothing more empowering than knowing your actual yeses and knows and not people pleasing and not ever abandoning yourself in order to fit into the structure of needing someone else so I'm on the journey of interdependence I thank you so much for being able to gift me with your ebook and all your wisdom and knowledge and I hopefully this helps just one other person out there like myself so thank you so much for being here today thank you so much Emma it's been an absolute joy yeah it's empowering work for me also and I just naturally want to share that with other people <laughs> yay thank, thank you. you so much <laughs> everyone have a good day thank you I love you, love <laughs> you too. if you made it this far congratulations You clearly learnt something, had a little giggle or somewhat enjoyed yourself. So do us a big juicy favour, share this episode on your Instagram, tag Sheila's and Shenanigans and pop on over to Apple Podcasts to give us a five-star rating and an extra delightful review. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, big love to all my party people.